Hello everyone and welcome to Gold Digger Mind. So this is the first episode and I just wanted to do a little bit of an intro into myself and my background and the entrepreneurial journey that I have been through and I'm still continuing to. So my name is Marsha and I am 31 years old now. And believe me, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know what age you are, but that 30 mark, oh my God, that is some scary stuff. Because when you approaching your 30th, it feels like you should have had everything together and you should have had a child, you should have been married, or at least engaged by now. You should have a a massive house with a garden, um, traveled so many luxurious um, places and destinations, and I've got it all together. But believe you me, that isn't how it goes. And we have so many high expectations for ourselves at such a young age, like 30, we're still like figuring ourselves out and still on that journey of like self-love and and just appreciating these years, these 30s, like it's just, it's crazy that society puts so much pressure on this time and throughout my entrepreneurial journey I actually had a coach and I think I was how old was I? I think I was 26 and I remember saying to my coach like I'm, I'm scared to turn 27 because I haven't got a child I haven't, you know, I haven't met the person that I'm meant to be with for the rest of my life yet. I haven't um, financially got things together. Um, I think at the time I just split up from quite a, a bad relationship and I felt a little lost. I felt a little um, just unsure of the direction that I really wanted to go in in life and I'd done so many different things before that point but really never truly found my calling. So today I am now a professional business coach, mindset coach and I have some amazing female clients um, that I help in so many different areas of their lives and I feel so fulfilled in what I do and I feel like I'm giving to my best capacity to these amazing entrepreneurs or femtrepreneurs, is that what you say? And yeah, it's, it's it's been a journey. It's been a real journey and 
I coming from a mixed background, so my mum's Jamaican Indian, my dad is French, English and Polish. And I feel like being from a mixed background, it's been a little bit of an identity struggle from time to time. Like, I felt very torn between, you know, both the black and the white side of me. And um, I did, I, I, when, I, when I grew up, I actually um, went down the route of going more artistic and I did a degree in fine art. So I'm quite creative and I have that kind of creative mind and within my, a lot of my work it was about my identity and I think looking back at some of the work that I did I was just kind of struggling with finding myself in society and feeling a bit like pigeonholed and um, yeah like I, did, I did a piece that was basically a big massive wooden sculpture that it was a huge pigeon house and I did a series of photography where I had all these different people behind these little pigeon holes and they each represented a kind of look that you would expect and they all had some text on it that kind of went against what you would expect that person to be um, or kind of what stereotype you would put them in and I think that's been something that has kind of been a bit of a recurring theme for me because I love fashion I love like how you can find uh, your identity and individualism through fashion but also you can follow the trends as well um, and throughout the years I actually um, so my first job was a promotional job um, and I love like working with people and um, I actually started working at the age of 15 and I remember this lady approaching me saying you'd be really good at this. Um, I'm gonna give you my number and um, I'll get you in, in for a meeting and we can get you on our books uh, and get you some work next month. And I was like, 15, I don't know. Should I, shouldn't I? But I just went for it. So I did this promotional job. Um, but within this promotion work, I worked with quite a few like fashion brands. Um, which kind of spared me to get my part-time job at Oasis. So it's like in a, a small department store, um, which I loved. I loved that job because I helped people style themselves. I was literally placed on the cloakroom all the time. Not the cloakroom, what's the word for it? The changing room. <laughs> I was placed on the changing room and people used to say, does this look nice on me? What do you think will go with this? Do these jeans suit me? Do you know of any bags or accessories that might go with this? And I just used to dress people. And I didn't realise that that was a skill that I had until later on in life. So. After that job, um, I was at college and I decided to 
change up my career and I actually worked behind a bar which is in a really nice area in my hometown of Bolton and I worked at this bar and I remember I was basically working the day shift I didn't work any of the night shifts um, just the odd shift here and there but I was rotated for um, the daytime and a lot of the um, kind of regulars that came in, they were business men and women. And I learned so much from little conversations that I had. I'd be there with my little art sketchbook and I'd be listening into conversations <laughs> because I was there and I'd get involved into the conversations. And I learned so much from these people. There was one guy who used to turn up and you could hear his engine roaring, he had this Ferrari, and he he's crazy. So I never realised that this guy's rolling up in this flashy Ferrari car, making all the noise, everyone's looking, seeing this guy, come, this, this quite tall guy coming out of a Ferrari. And I asked him, I said, what is it that you do? And he said, oh, I own a toilet paper factory. <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, how has this guy made that much money from toilet paper that he's managed to like buy this Ferrari? It just, it was crazy. But then when I think about it, if it's a big enough factory and you do different kind of products and you're churning out, everybody needs toilet paper. It's a commodity. <laughs> As we found out in the pandemic, toilet paper was a big thing <laughs> and everyone was grabbing it like nobody's business. So yeah, um, and I learned a lot from that guy because he, he was a millionaire, multi-millionaire, and he gave me a lot of insight into the fact that you should work for yourself. And if you can, if you've got that mindset and that willing to help people and to find a product or a service and have customers or clients that will pay for your services or products then you're on a win-win so yeah that was one of my jobs then I went on to do um I went to university um and I carried on from my college course so I did an art and design course and then I did a fine arts degree and at my degree um, I had like a part-time job where I was promoting um, two of the main club nights for university students so literally in freshers week I feel like I got this confidence from doing promotional work and like literally approaching street people in the street of all different walks of life so I remember it was my second or third night and I turned up to this club and I said can I speak to the manager um, I'm looking for a job uh, I, I'm, I'm, I basically prom do promotions and marketing so I would like to get involved in the promotion marketing for the club so then the um, the, the lady basically said to me um, I'll pass you his number if you want to um, contact him tomorrow he'll be in the office from nine or ten o'clock so 
I rang the number, he said pop in the following day and I got the job. And basically I was managing like teams of girls that would go out to promote the student nights and also the nights on the weekends. So I basically I was managing all these girls who were doing like leaflets, going around all the kind of student halls and um, doing the, the night promotions. Uh, but this was like a daytime job and then towards the end of uni I ended up leaving that job just to concentrate on my studies because like third year it can be really demanding and um, I got a 2-1 in my degree so I was really happy and I then got a job at Apple so uh, just after my degree I just went for it and I was like what could I do that it's still got that face-to-face -face that I love, that it's an upcoming company, and I went and got a part-time job with Apple. And I love Apple, like, I love the products, I love how they are always coming up with the next best idea, and they're so revolutionary. Uh, but one thing that I didn't want to do is stay in retail. I've done retail before and I kind of had the freedom from the promotional work because I'm self-employed within the promotional uh, marketing work. I kind of liked the flexibility of me picking the days and times that I wanted to work and not having to kind of go off some rota that some manager decided that doesn't fit in with with you and what I wanted to do with my own life. So that I think at what age was I there? I think I was 21, 22. And then I decided to get myself a part-time job because I was still loving my art. I got myself a part-time job at Hobbycraft. <laughs> I loved that job and I loved the fact that I got the discount. It was amazing. And I do feel like every job that I did, I kind of learned more about myself and more about why I should work for myself. <laughs> because even though I was working a two day job, just didn't working for managers that were just honestly they, they shouldn't have been managers and yeah, I don't know who taught them managerial skills but they they weren't very good at it and yeah that really didn't last very long and I just felt so kind of trapped even in that part-time job and I bet like a lot of you guys might kind of relate to having this kind of part-time or full-time job, especially in retail, where you just can't like fully be yourself because this, this job's like tying down. And I just knew deep down like I just need to work for myself I need to do freelance and I just need to have my own business it's just it resonates with me so much and that is what I'm passionate um, about having that freedom 
to do as I please and to not have to, you know, kind of answer to people who don't mean me well. They're just very sales targeted. So then I carried on doing um, the promotional marketing events kind of stuff and I worked my way up in that industry to the point where I was a brand ambassador working for all these different brands so I literally had work for Chanel, I'd work for Panasonic, I'd work for Coca-Cola, like so many different kind of brands in all different areas, fashion, beauty, food, wellness, like all different areas. Like I literally can list so many companies that I worked with over the years. And I learned a lot about how they market the products, how they promote the products, how they go about finding their customers and consumers. Like I learned so much. And I didn't realise how much I knew about these things until I really sat down and thought about it and thought, I really know so much about brands from working in this industry. I know where they target their audience. I know how they target their audience. I know some of the techniques. I have been that person on the front. I have got people saying things, certain comments and things that you know eye-opening I've worked in certain areas where I've, I found out that like how rude people can be for one and how you, you can capture someone's attention and how not to capture someone's attention um but yeah like I learned so much in that industry and I, I literally like I love it like at the moment I'm still doing um, events managing so when things go back to normal like I just love working on events um, I love being in an atmosphere where we're kind of like the front of a brand and that we we create this kind of event or environment or you know just just a, a face to the brand and as an events manager now so I've gone from like being a brand ambassador which is like the, the start where you are kind of handing the can to someone and um, to then going for um, team leader positions where I kind of have to manage smaller groups but I don't have to manage like the whole kind of campaign uh, side of it um, and then I've gone from being an assistant so I've been heavily involved in the kind of process and the systems that go behind creating this promotional event to then actually doing the events manager role which is a lot about you know how many people you've approached like a lot about the numbers a lot about the targets a lot about the logistics behind actually doing the event working with um, the site manager or whoever it is that wherever we are located we have to obviously have communications um, within that area whether it be a shopping centre whether it be an arena um, whether it be like a small shop um, we 
have to kind of navigate um, and figure out, you know, where we're going to stand, where's the best location for footfall, you have to think about all these things. And I love it, like I literally love working in a team environment and helping people kind of create this atmosphere and this situation where people are, are aware of this brand more and aware of the products and aware of the services that they offer and do it in a fun way. Um, and that is that that has been something that I've learned throughout I think I've been doing it for 16 years now coming up to 17 years so it's a long time that I've been in that industry on and off but I've continually been in that promotional marketing industry and there's something about it that I've learned so much about the customer and how to interact with the customer and what the customer wants to hear and what the customer wants to feel and how to capture them and make them come back and become regular customers for the brand. Um, and it's just, it's, it's crazy really the, the rapport that you build on that front facing for these brands that really do help impact the growth of that company. So it's these start-offs, like some start-off businesses might approach one of these promotional marketing companies and say, I want to do a campaign and I want to spend X amount of money and I want to, say, sample some of my products or for people to demo some of my products or learn about our services. And we are that front. We have to kind of put on our acting faces and act like we are we work for these companies we um we are part of this company yet we've probably just had like a brief we've done a day training and we're out to the world now through this you you do become very adaptable to different locations different situations different circumstances and I do feel like I've learned so, 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 so much about brands, about how they push themselves on different networking platforms, from their social media platforms to their websites, to their front-facing promotions. Um, and I've definitely seen a pattern of the brands and companies that are successful and the brands and companies that don't end up being successful. And I think it's adaptability and it's going with the market and going with how consumers are consuming. And now, more than ever, we're an online um, consumed society and the majority of people, especially in lockdown, have been kind of forced to go online <laughs> um, or do kind of their 
online shopping and get their get their groceries sent to their home and to the doorstep. Um, to just get any clothing items, anything literally to their door. Um, and it's crazy, it's crazy that the world has really stepped back from that face-to-face and become very virtual and very tech and it all comes back to that tech and online internet based services and products and hence why I'm on this podcast right now it's all turning like when I started my coaching business I was all about meeting up with people face to face right let's figure out what you want to do what's your business what is it that you're struggling with right now where are your fears and I'd be in front of the face interacting with them where now I've had to adapt video calls um, calls Skype um, we just have to adapt and if I didn't do that within my business right now, I would have no business. I wouldn't be able to help my clients in this testing time. Like it's been hard for me as a coach to find that my clients are struggling financially or that they they've dropped in uh, revenue and they just want things to go back to normal but also the fact that people have been more aware of their health and well-being more than ever and I know that the supplements industry has gone crazy and people are actually thinking about their health more and people have also been um, thinking about what they're putting in the body more like thinking about you know, should I have this fast food? Should I go for um, this unhealthy option? Or should I try and have something alternative that is going to help my immune system and, and help me combat um, this virus that um, we have got right now? And it's it's been quite interesting to hear how the conversation has changed and I'm quite enjoying the fact that people are thinking more about their health and less about crunching the sales um, you know it's, it's, it's life is a balance and you really do need to think about your health and your well-being whilst making your money I just think it's really important to have, you know, the fitness, the healthy appetite and nutrition, um, the wellness as in, you know, you can do meditation, yoga, breath work. Like, I really do feel like you need to get those things into your daily routine. And that's something that I'll go into more at another time. But yeah, I hope this isn't too long and I have gone off on a little bit of a tangent. But yeah, that's me. 
and I will go more in depth on different areas and topics in the future and I hope that you will come back and listen in some more but um yeah I wish you all a great day or evening and I will speak to you guys soon